0: Me, this is Edna Zoe, your host. I'm excited uh, to have you all back here again this week. It is our 20th episode. Uh, We are finishing out the season and we are having a bonus episode with an audience. Yes, our season finale will be hosted by Woman Colorado, and I'm super excited to see what that's going to look like. We are planning it, and please tune in for the next episode because it'll be a great way to end off the season with. All of you amazing women, everyone that's been on the episode, I'm super grateful to have had you. So please tune in and yeah, we're here, we're doing it and we are going to keep continuing to meet people and record your stories. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what next season brings. Today, we're going to enjoy my guest and all, all her stories and what she's got to share with us today. So if you would please help me welcome Natasha. Thank you for joining us. Hi. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we met through another person that was also on the podcast yes. and she just said, I had to talk to you. So I'm really excited that you were able to make the time to come out. Same. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Natasha. So I am 42 and I have two adult sons and... My divorce was just finalized about a month ago. Um, I've been separated for about a year and I was with my ex for 21 years since I was basically a kid. Wow. I think we're going to start from kind of the beginning, just where things started off for you, what dating was like. Okay. So do tell. So I suppose I really didn't have much of a dating life as a teenager. Um, I had a really strict family. I'm the oldest of six. Um, so I used to sneak out of house Mm. at nighttime. Uh primarily because I was expected to be home to take care of my brothers and sisters every day. Right. So the only people who are outside at night in the city are boys. (laughs) So um yeah, there weren't very many dates, but there was definitely some sex because at 15 I get pregnant. Ah, when did you lose your virginity? I was 15. Oh wow, dang that quick. Yeah, yeah. So um I think, you know, it wasn't a great family dynamic, mm-hmm. so certainly, obviously, I was looking for some sort of something from somewhere, right, yeah. um, and then I had a baby, and there was a, yeah, I did some dating, but I kind of didn't think that I would settle down with anybody until mm-hmm. he was older. Um, had you guys, had you had the talk about sex, like, what did you know at 15 about oh. sex? So, n- nothing. Except what Mm -hmm. I had, like, sussed out my mother's, like, feminine hygiene books Mm -hmm. on the bookshelf. Um, She actually tried to have, like, the sex talk with me, but I had already missed my period. So I was kind of looking at her like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's how that went. I think Mm -hmm. she was suspicious that I had been sneaking out, which is what prompted the talk. Mm -hmm. But it was obviously too late. And how was that conversation? Did you have to tell her, or did they find out? Oh, uh, interestingly enough, I didn't want to tell them because they always threatened to send me to a children's correctional facility when I didn't do well wow. or I did something wrong. Yeah. So, um, you know, I had known girls who had gone there, and they had been raped, and like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was very scary. So I didn't want to tell them. Um, and ultimately uh, my mother did a bunch of things to try and get me to reveal I was pregnant. And ultimately I just kind of, um, somebody, they alleged somebody called the house and said I was pregnant. Mm. Yeah. I, I just got tired of keeping a secret and I had already decided that I was keeping the baby. So it was kind of like, okay, well, yeah, you know, I made up my mind. I had had my time to think about what I wanted to do. And yeah, so I ended up telling them. So that's how that one was hyper dramatic. It was oh, really? the thing of after school specials. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Did you, um, how was it at school? Cause did you come to, were you able to hide it or were you? So it was pretty obvious. I got pregnant in like May-ish. Okay. You know, so it was summer mm-hmm. before I realized. And then there's a teenage mother's program. Cause okay. I grew up, I'm from New York. I grew up in a city. So, um, you know, there was a teenage moms program there. It was like a Mm self-study type situation. Mm -hmm. So the next year I went to the teenage mothers program while I was in school. And then my son was born in March of that year. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't really have tons of friends primarily because I wasn't allowed to do stuff after school or, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had to be in the house. So I didn't really have friends. Um, so how did that change your view on like what your future would be with dating or meeting meeting men. You know, I was so young, I had no real concept of what that might I, I had no idea. Yeah. You know, I I there was no way for me at 15 to really look that far into the future at all. It was just kind of this idea of I'm gonna have this baby, they're gonna have a better life for me, I'm gonna mm-hmm. figure it out. And that's really all I had the kind of eyes to do. Yeah. So yeah, I did date, but I didn't ever date with the thinking that I would get with a guy because I never wanted my kid to be a step kid. Mm. That's kind of the way I, I looked at it. You know, because okay. people don't always treat their stepkids the same. So did you, you date thing. while you were in high school? No, not no. at all. Okay. Nope. I wasn't allowed to. So then what happens once you're free? What did you do after high school? So I moved out when I was 16. Okay. And I lived with a girl um, who could sign her own lease because wow. you can't at 16, right? Okay. Um, and she dated a lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my dating came from her friends mm-hmm. or like guys off the block, <laughs> which, you know, at 15 and you grow up in a bad neighborhood, to you, these guys seem safe, okay. right? Like they're kind mm-hmm. of all you know, right? they're capable, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. If something happens to you, you know that they'll take care of you. You know, it's not, it's, it's very backwards. Like when you look at it as an adult, but as a kid, mm. and like you said, it's all, you know, you're kind of like, you know, that's the type of person you want to be with. Cause if something happens, you know, you're going to have your back. Yeah. Okay. So you moved out and moved out with your child to yep. with this girl. Yep. Did you have any idea at that point? Like what, you know, what you wanted For myself? Yeah. Oh my God. No, you don't have time to think about, even developing a self per se, right? Mm-hmm. My self-development was kind of faking it till I make it. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. get a good job. I'm going to be professional. I'm going to show my child everything so they know what to be. But it was never ne- genuinely developing it for yourself. It's yeah. just kind of putting on a mask to say, this is what I want my child to, to see and be able to accomplish. That's smart. But That's, there was never an opportunity to be it. Yeah. If that makes sense, it was yeah. a mask. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. So then what changed? So I think, you know, I when I was 18, I t- signed my own lease on my 18th birthday. Wow. And I still did do some dating. Um, I was kind of like, well, player. situation you know yeah um I did have sex but it wasn't it was more like I'd find like a longer term friends with benefits Mm -hmm. situation and then just date other guys um because especially at this time it's like late 90s early Mm -hmm. 2000s right like up to two thousand. so you you don't want like a high body count or you don't want guys to think you're a hoe and you like you're so Mm -hmm. concerned with like that that I would have like a person that I did sex with and okay. then date other people. Interesting. Yeah. So was it because the more people that you hooked up with, then that made you less like I don't I did the, like... the guys that you were okay, let me uh-huh. rephrase that. Yeah. The guys that you were around, were there more were they more interested in dating someone that wasn't a hoe oh, versus yeah. Oh right, of course, right? Yeah. yeah also you'll be talked about. I already had a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so everybody knows that everybody knows I had a baby young. Mm -hmm. I was significantly younger. And I think what I didn't realize when I was younger until I got a little older and talked to some people is that I was pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't think I was pretty because I didn't necessarily look like the other kids around me. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, I just thought I wasn't. Okay. But, These girls are like jealous, Mm -hmm. and then you have a baby, so like, oh, she's a hoe Uh, automatic, right? So, I had to be even more careful about like how you, yeah. I mean, you just kind of, yeah. And you have to think about like these male podcasters and stuff. Again, we're talking about black boys from the 90s. Yeah, it's incredibly patriarchal, male centric. What's your body count? Like, wow that's what it was like okay so you're trying to mitigate that okay and move forward and when I was 21 I met my ex I just turned 21 Mm -hmm. and he was like automatically I thought amazing of course I didn't know I was being love bombs I didn't know you know you don't know those things how did you guys meet um it was through a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I know somebody that I worked with, he got hurt at work and I started seeing him for the business, like to visit him in the hospital. And then I just would check up on him occasionally. Mm -hmm. And my ex was his friend. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. So you said that you were a love bomb. like what happened to be fair? I think I I said, like, I didn't have a great family dynamic. Right. Mm -hmm. So my mom was diagnosed with, having narcissistic features she's got like a personality disorder okay um so i didn't realize this at the time but it felt like love mm, right so right. wanting to keep you all for myself wanting like being possessive being mm. um you know wanting to make sure everybody on the block knew i was his and oh. like wanting to spend all their time with you and oh. getting upset when it seemed like other people mistreated me He'd be very upset for me, as if it was an injustice to me. It felt like, oh, nobody ever cared about that. Yeah. But it it all was just smothering that I had never received yeah. in life, right? So, did it feel like that at the time? No, it felt like love. Okay. It felt like nobody has ever loved me. Nobody has ever loved me like this or cared or like this. You that attention. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And when he started doing things that were you know, like gaslighting and backbiting, Mm -hmm. it didn't seem crazy to me because I grew up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. It just seemed like, oh, he's in a bad mood because Mm -hmm. that's what my life was like all growing up. And though I hadn't lived with my family for five years or so at that point, there's still your family and it's still normal to, especially at 21. Yeah, definitely. So you guys got married at 21? So, no, I didn't marry him until about five years into. Okay. We were engaged. Okay. But, yeah, we didn't get married until about five years in. What was that like?
1: Getting married.
0: Well, just being together for that long and deciding, (sighs) oh, we should get married. Well, we had been engaged for a long time. And I think that, you know, at this point, you're fully bought into the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right? And you're still, I'm still only like 26, I think I was. So I, and like we just discussed, I didn't even have a fully formed self going into the relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm very like committed to what we've been together this long. He had a son. I had a son coming in. We've been raising each other's kids for this long. You just feel very invested and committed. Mm -hmm. Um, and he definitely used religion as like a kind of sticking point, even though they weren't married, we were. I don't know how to explain it. He was just manipulative. And I think to being young mm-hmm. and especially from the is that you feel like nobody gets me, like I want to get married. Like it feels like some like life accomplishment if yeah. somebody marries you, definitely. you know, like you get picked, you get, yeah. you get like, you made the cut. <laughs> right. Right. Like it was like a yeah. huge thing. Wow. So, I mean, I, in retrospect, I definitely saw red flags, but I, I guess that part of how narcissists work is that they really keep you isolated, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're embarrassed to talk about, especially when people perceive you as being strong and intelligent and capable, and that's the way people perceive you in life. It's embarrassing to be like, this is what happens to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy. You think that it's something you're doing wrong. Yeah. Like if I just do this, like if I, if I could be better at this, like if I could just mm. do like this, then he wouldn't get like this. Mm. You, you think that, and of course childhood too, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. I've been primed for this. I was primed to fix everything my entire life. Everything was my fault. Or fix everything about you, right? Well, if I raise my brothers and sisters for a significant time, if my mother is having problems with my father, my stepfather, It was my fault. Wow. We don't know why. But then I, as a kid, would be trying to figure out what I need to do to make it better. Mm. Right. So it was a normal state. It wasn't a foreign state. Yeah. For me to be in. And so I just kept thinking like, well, there's only problems because of me. Mm -hmm. Another thing is like narcissists make it like if you have valid feelings or concerns or you're upset about something. well you're being overly emotional you're too sensitive about this and you're overreacting and it's not fair to me and then because you're accustomed to always taking accountability for yourself and others you're like wow I maybe I do need to take care of that wow you it's like they find the way to make it and you believe that you believe it's always your fault wow that's that's a lot and to do that for that long It was definitely harder as the years went on. I think by like the 11th year, there was a catalyst where I wanted to leave and I was going to leave, but I had this son and he was my stepson, Mm -hmm. but he was my child. We were never able to have children, which now I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Um, But after he married me, he had promised we'd do fertility treatment and then backed reneged. Uh. And so, I mean, I'm only like, I was think I was like 33 at the time, but I'm thinking in my mind, Oh, I'm old. Like if I get divorced now, I'm never going to be able to find somebody and have kids. Like if I just Mm -hmm. stay, maybe I'll have more kids. Like, and then also what about my stepson? I'm the only healthy parent he has. Like, what am I going to do? Like, if I leave him, I just lose my child. and he's the only father my son's ever had Mm -hmm. it just there was all of these things that made me say well let me see how this situation turns out Mm -hmm. and we'll go from there update it did not get better (laughs) (laughs) well I was gonna say how did that conversation go like did you confront him about oh yeah he um was pretty much like oh if you don't like it divorce me and that was the conversation that was the whole conversation yeah um, and I just had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Everything was like that. So it was there was not converse. There was generally not conversations about us. And if there was, it was like him circling back to give me like two breadcrumbs of something and then lay the rest at my doorstep to try and make me to, to buy me back in. Wow, does that make sense? Yes. So give me an example of the lack of communication that you guys had, because I know you said that sex was not. Oh, yes. Sex, not. So when we first got together, the concept of somebody who was like, oh, well, you know, I don't want you to go down on me. Like, I, I don't want somebody to like, you know, I don't want to like reap your mouth. Like, I have a lot of respect for you. Wow. And so I would be, I, at 21 was like, wow, he really respects me. He really loves me. Like he's really considerate of me and he doesn't want to treat me like a slut And, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't, I think considering the time period, it's not like people had access, even as teenagers, like now kids watch porn. Oh yeah. You know, but we didn't, I didn't have, no, you don't know. No, you you just don't know. Right. I was super clueless and I definitely didn't know that people my age were having sex until someone got pregnant. And I was like, oh, what happened? <laughs> Nobody talks about it. Right. Yeah. So you just don't, you kind of don't know. And there was definitely stereotypes about, you know, like girls doing things. And like, I grew up in a predominantly, like it was an urban environment, we'll mm-hmm. say. And so it was like common. The only girls that gave had were white girls and they oh. were sluts. That was the. Wow, the edict, you know, and that's mm. all anybody used white girls for. Damn, that was the way that's insane, the truth and the light. And so it was just, oh, these are the truths of like, and it was this social construct, right? Right? So to me, a guy being like, oh, I really respect you, and I don't, you're like, oh my god, so wild. like yeah. I'm so in love, <laughs> oh my god really cares uh, about me oh yeah. in in my god yeah and my mouth so, in my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Oh, not, nothing else that's my mouth right oh my god um, yeah so you get older and you're like man this is dookie yeah like this sucks you know like <laughs> you start wanting to experiment or do other things or you know you should with a partner you've been with that long right so, so you kind of get to a point where you want to say things but the way our relationship was set up was that you know if I I mean I remember one time saying like something like faster or slower Mm -hmm. or something like this in bed or like left or right I don't know but it was very simple like in the moment like don't stop of thing yeah and it was a huge deal Oh my god. It was a huge deal. Like he had an emotional breakdown over the fact that I thought he couldn't fuck. Oh wow. And it was like, no, you know, but he would have these incredibly extreme emotional reactions Mm -hmm. to keep as a way of manipulating me. Right. Because he'd do it for weeks, like weeks, like you know, after that, we'd have sex and it would be like, Are you sure? I'm sure you didn't even enjoy it. Like you do this whole like. How exhausting. Yeah. 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 So you just learn that don't say anything. Hmm. Just don't say anything. That's horrible. So then when did you decide? I know you said that you had a conversation. Well, even was it the sex? Was that? Oh, no, it wasn't the sex. No, it's because he's a narcissist. Yeah. I I mean, truthfully, I I mean, it got worse. The older you get, the worse it is. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. I read books. I'm definitely a knowledge hog so yeah if something comes up i'm like oh what is that about oh shit people do that well is that you know i could see myself doing that yeah look at them oh you want to do stuff like that i mean if you wanted to do something like that to me i wouldn't stop you wow i didn't think you were that type of person wow yeah it would be like forget it just forget it right yeah uh but ultimately I left him because I tried to kill myself. Hmm. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I was on medication for a neurological condition I have. Mm-hmm. And it was causing, you're not supposed to be on it if you're depressed. Mm. And so, of course, I'm like, no, I'm not depressed. Yeah. And I was. Wow. Of course. And um, so it caused, it kind of pushed forward that. I yeah, ideations. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. Um, I was in a coma for a few days oh my gosh. and when I woke up, I had already obviously been feeling like it was just too hard to do this anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the combination of like the medicine coming on at the time when it was like, My kids were out of the house. It was just he and I. Mm -hmm. There was really nobody for me. When the kids were little, like cooking, cleaning, do all that stuff, you do it anyway. Yeah. But it was just he and I. I just felt like a slave. Honestly, at the time, I wouldn't have described it that way. But I was basically his slave. I was the only one working also. Wow. So, yeah, it just got to be too much. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I kind of was like, yeah, this is some hot bullshit. Like I, this is, I gotta be done with this. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that he was basically the whole time I was in the coma talking about himself to everyone in my family. What? It was really weird. Mm-hmm. Even his family. It, I mean, he's a narcissist. Yeah, right? yeah. So the entire thing, even when I woke up was him telling me about how the experience was so hard for him. Oh my gosh. Of course. Yeah. He never even asked me if I intentionally took the pills or like he didn't even ask. Yeah, and then he didn't want me to go to therapy. Wow. So I was like, "All right, that was in uh, October of 19 And in after a month, I went and talked to my mother-in-law who was dying, and I had been taking care of her too, on top of everything else. Oh my god! And I just said, "I can't do this anymore. Like, I I can't, I can't." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Well, can you wait till I die?" Because he's never going to make it easy for you to help me, and I'm going to end up in a nursing home. And I know it's a lot to ask, but I don't think I have long to live. Oh man! So I, of course, because Damn. she was one of the only people that I had access to outside of him, and she was always amazing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure, of course. I had been her only caregiver. Wow. I stayed, of course. She went on home hospice in January of 2020. Mm-hmm. Then was the pandemic, and She didn't pass away till February of 21. Oh, wow. Which is great because I got to spend lots of time with her. Mm -hmm. And I signed up for Talkspace when I decided that I had to stay so I could like secretly get my therapy and figure out how to move forward. Because in every other area of my life, I had like grown and healed so much. Mm -hmm. But in this relationship, it was just like the one kind of like albatross, like this big. Thing holding this this one tiny heavy thing holding this entire ship back that mm, had been built up and yeah. was like ready to hit the seas and in any event um so you were with yeah. him during in 2020 yeah when the whole during point. the lockdown you know it wasn't terrible but I think the reason why is because he had total control mm. he was actually amazing it was actually the best type of our marriage ever really the whole time and I'm convinced it's because he had total control. Explain. I was home. Mm-hmm. I was working from home. Yeah. If he wanted to go do something, he, we'd go and do it when he wants If he wanted water at 1 p.m., he'd call me and I'd give him water at 1 p.m. I wow. mean, he had everything, he had all the control. People weren't coming over, mm-hmm. like there was no interference. Wow. And at this, by this time, I had muted all of my family members and his and the kids, even the one that biologically isn't mine, because he got upset after I was in the hospital saying that I was giving everyone else more credit for being at the hospital than him. So oh, at wow. this point, everybody's muted. So he doesn't even know that I'm in communication with people. Yeah. So he's like, thinking it's just you too. Yeah. He wow. was the best. Wow. So as soon as the world opened back up and he went back to being himself, it was even more like you could be a decent human, Ooh. but you prefer to be a trash bag. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So anyhow, yeah. So once he passed away, I set a goal to leave him within six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I weighed two hundred and ninety two pounds. My knee mm-hmm. was hurting. I needed my gallbladder out, which couldn't happen because the lockdown, right? Yeah. Um. And I was like, in my mind, wanting to move out here to Colorado because I have a brother here and see nature and do things because yeah. I was, I never was, I didn't even have friends. Well, wow. So I, my knees started hurting and I was just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to lose. I'm going to take this six months. I feel like it's an appropriate amount of time to leave somebody after their mom dies. And hopefully his whole side of the family won't hate me if yeah. i wait six months and i'm gonna lose weight and i lost i weigh like 157 now so i lost oh my the person gosh. how amazing so i lost wow. the person i had my surgery and on september 1st mm-hmm. i left wow i left yeah i thought he was gonna kill me actually really i did yeah the day that you left or going uh up no going up to it i was like certain he was gonna kill me did he know no 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 my what God, happened? No. what changed um, with him to want or for you to feel that threat? Well, he was a gangster. Mm. I mean, he had stopped being in that life. but He certainly was incredibly volatile. Mm-hmm. And like I'm his whole life. I mean, when I did leave, I gave him a binder. He didn't even know his email sign on nothing. I did everything for him. Edna, the wow. only thing I didn't do was squat and shit for him. Wow. But it was just easier than whatever argument Mm -hmm. or like emotional abuse or it was just easier to just do it so yeah so Mm -hmm. in any event he i had like this whole secret plan i involved my family who even some of which i'm not close with because i knew i couldn't back out if i told them you know right and um he started noticing something was wrong I was having panic attacks. I kept trying to play him off as asthma attacks. Oh, wow. But he knew something was wrong. He kept saying, like, you seem different. I'm like, I'm doing everything the same. I don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, narcissists are so good at reading you. You know, they're, they don't have the same, like, they're not like us. Yeah. You know, so they learn how to read people. That's awesome. And um, he kept saying, he used to do this thing where he would wake me up all night all night sometimes for up to a week at a time oh my gosh where I would maybe sleep for an hour and then he'd wake me up and like screaming at me and like turning the lights on or flashing lights in my eyes and like yeah wow. so it's crazy it it blows my mind that I didn't look at this as abusive. I, I don't right. know how yeah. these things, how it like slowly progresses to this point. Well, it's almost like you're in survival mode, you know? Yeah. I, I spent so much time just seeking peace, like whatever mm-hmm. was going to make it calm. Like I just couldn't emotionally handle any more disturbance. So it yeah. was like, whatever I have to do for there to be peace, because you just are living on the brink yeah. all the time, you know, in any event he was doing this and I had already been having panic attacks. Yeah. So I finally get to this point I had taken, he was in the hospital and I had packed a lot of things and organized a lot of things because I spring clean every year anyway. Mm -hmm. So I was able to kind of put it under that guise. And, um, he was kind of like doing this and I had taken apart his guns, which in New York, you ought to know that they're all legal. And, um, I'd taken apart and like put in the pieces in different places so that he, I, like, I was afraid when I left, he would you know, do something. So I just got to this point where it was like the second day of him doing this to me. And I was so sleep deprived. And he was like, are you going to leave me? And I said, not yet. Just, I mean, what the fuck? What? Oh, you're leaving me? Yes. So are you going to kill me now? Because I'm leaving. Fucking I'm done. Kill me. I try to kill myself. You saved me. Why don't you go ahead and kill me? just finish the job that I tried to do two years ago and just kill me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Do it. Wow. I was just, I had gotten to the point where I just didn't even care. Yeah. And, uh, I think the fact that I said that disarmed him and caused Mm -hmm. him not to immediately, like, he couldn't do the thing that I thought he would do. Mm. So he immediately was like, what, you know, And he's like, well, who knows? And then I realized, oh shit, like he didn't immediately jump to violence. And I kind of said, well, everybody knows. You know, I told your cousins, my parents know, my brothers and sisters, everybody knows. So if you kill me, they're going to know it's you. Mm. And then he was like, so I realized he was thinking about it before he did anything. So I luckily, I don't know how I had, I guess, like you said, survival. I had the thought to be like, you know, Say if you something. do something, yeah. Everyone's yeah. gonna know, and um, he hates as most nurses do to so look looked at it as the bad guy. Yeah, so he was like, "Well, he can't do that." Yeah, you know. So, wow. Um, two days later, I packed my shit and I moved. I stayed my sister's basement before I came out here. Wow, well, that takes a lot of courage. I can't imagine going through all of that and then having to do like it ends so like, scary, like, almost for your life, because a lot of women don't get that far. I guess that some of it is, is that, you know, when you're younger, like, a lot of my friends that were in relationships were getting hit, Mm. you know, Um, I remember having a friend, the girl that I lived with, and she's, like, well, if he doesn't hit you, he doesn't love you enough to, like, be that upset in the argument, and I was, like, toxic much, you know, I thought it was crazy, yeah, um, and there were a couple times where he pushed me or like shoved me, but he never beat me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you just, especially when you're so young, when you get into these situations that you just kind of don't equate some of this stuff with abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, there just wasn't that awareness of any of that type yeah. of thing back then. Like now I, I just feel like I have nieces and nephews that are teenagers and they're so much more aware of like, you know, when people are being abusive or inappropriate or mm-hmm. I, they're just, what's well, none of that, you know, no. and yeah, you have a bad home life and you grow up in a violent environment. So you, I don't know, you just kind of survive. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's not much else you can do at this point. Cause like you said, we didn't know that all that existed or that it was a thing and we're being told we're learning what we're being told right you know, right right this, like this is normal this is okay mm-hmm. well I, I think that's amazing that you were able to get out of it what was what are some things that you learned about yourself through that journey alone I think you know I it was very important to me to always kind of do the right thing and mm-hmm. I still am the type of person who wants to be a good person. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Um, but. I. For some reason. I just didn't see myself as having any value in any of those equations. Mm. Right. Like, yeah. I had to be doing something for somebody for somebody to want to love me and. That's even something that, you know, getting into dating, ironically, relationship wise, whatever yeah. I kind of didn't work out about like my personal self, I through dating have learned so much more about like my habits. Does oh. that makes sense? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Cause now you're actually getting to explore what it's like to be in a relationship that isn't abusive or right. isn't what you so were used to right so you get to this point now I've had this two and plus some years of therapy right before I mm-hmm. left and so I've I'm much more clear and had been much more clear about like my sense of self and who I was as a person outside of like being a m- wife mother just me yeah. right but getting to live that and then getting into situations you know like I think about the first person that I dated after mm-hmm. I kind of had my like uh, uh I kind of had a test penis situation and the first person <laughs> I dated um I think is very similar to me and that they mm-hmm. felt like they always have to do things like they don't they have a very difficult time receiving mm-hmm. and felt like they had to always do things for other people. Wow ah, the people pleaser. Yes. Like mm-hmm. you don't really trust other people to come through for you. Mm-hmm. But also it just makes you uncomfortable to receive. And immediately I'm like, oh, that's such a good person. Like, that's exactly, that's what I need is the opposite type of person. Mm -hmm. But then I proceeded to try and do the same thing, which I didn't realize at all until that kind of like had a weird like disillusion of like him trying us being friends with benefits, blocking each other back and forth a few times. (laughs) And Uh, then until... Now we're friends, but um it's funny because I, until going through the situation and having it fall apart, looking at it and being like, "I was thinking like, "Oh, this is a person who's not going to use me doing everything for them. Let me do everything for you." Yeah, like,, yeah. I don't even want that. Yeah, yeah. you know, in the what I know is that I don't want that. But the only way I knew how to love a person was to do everything, was to do everything. Mm. right and it made him highly uncomfortable Mm. because he's he's like me yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay um so it's interesting because there's just been there was that and then there's a person who was incredibly like emotionally intelligent and what I perceive to be very honest Mm -hmm. absolutely nothing going for the person he's just in a place in his life where he's trying to build this stuff up he's like got stuff going on he just moved out here he's got a studio he's got all this stuff happening he's going to school not that he's a deadbeat just that he's not in the place I am or like where I'm trying really nothing to offer me not in the way of the type of time or attention that I like to have or that I want for myself like none of those things but I got so kind of like oh this person doesn't have time for me therefore I want them like what Mm. is that (laughs) what is that what is that you know and you're kind of like oh but they're emotionally intelligent that I want it's like you kind of start to see like you are getting very fixated on things based on the way you used to behave and you just kind of I've had the chance to see some things fall apart that um have really helped me be super self-reflective about like what am I doing? Like what kind of behaviors am I doing mm-hmm. that are the same type of behaviors or that leads to the type of things that I really don't want. Yeah. Um and a lot of that I attribute to journaling, honestly. Yes. I'm a big, big journal. Yeah. Well that's that's amazing. That's very interesting that you said it that way that you right re- are recognizing these behaviors that you're having that you don't want to repeat. That most of us don't even acknowledge in our relationships because I know, I mean, as you're saying it, I'm like, oh shit, like that makes sense. I don't want to attract the same kind of guy, but I'm kind of still doing the same things and still wondering like, why, why am I <laughs> kidding? Yeah. It's funny though, because you don't think you are. Right. Mm-hmm. You absolutely... Yeah. For me, I would have been like, well, I'm not doing the same thing. This isn't the type of person who's exactly. going to take advantage of me. This, yeah. is not, this is not doing the same thing. And had that situation moved forward, uh-huh. I probably would be in a very similar, like at some point a few months down the road would be like, what, a, what, how is this like this and why am I doing this? Right. But because they fell apart, I was able to be like, well, do what the hell was I doing? You know, we're like, why was I thinking this is a good idea? In that particular like case of that first person um, where we're very similar, part of what triggered it for me was like when we were friends and I'm like, you know that you like deserve people to do nice things for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you are entitled, like there should be reciprocity. And as I'm like telling him about himself, (laughs) <laughs> I'm recognizing that I'm telling me about my jam. Right. And I was like, okay, all yeah. right, let me just go sit yeah. with that for a little while. So I, uh, I feel like I have been, I did have a very difficult life, but I feel like the universe or God or whatever you believe in has really blessed me with these super great opportunities. Some of which have not been easy mm-hmm. or have made me cry or yeah. but I've been given so much to like be able to quickly move through mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that I think would have taken me much longer I do I've not gone done. through it yeah yeah that and uh, yeah, definitely. yeah so I I think that it's been eventful I don't you know <laughs> I haven't necessarily been monogamous at any point in this dating journey. I don't like, unless somebody says to me, I want to be monogamous. I am not. Yeah. Because that's how it's a conversation you have to have people. (laughs) It can't be assumed. It can't be assumed. No. It can't be assumed. Do you, so you're, uh, you've been dating. um, Other than that relationship, like what have you been looking for? Like the first relationship you had was kind of like your experimental Dick, is that what you said? It so was? <laughs> Okay. So it wasn't really a relationship. I just kind right. of, it was actually, I met this guy and I liked him. Your test penis. Yes. Well, correct. I was like, well, I better, I started getting nervous because I've been on a few dates with him and I liked him. And I was thinking to myself, Oh my God, you know, this is going to get weird. I've only ever had sex with this one person for like basically my entire adult life. Yeah. Right. So I was super nervous. And as I said, my ex was like had some Madonna Horror Complex. So I like no dick sucking experience. Like nil. Wow. Some, very yeah. little. Yeah. And it's on not a very sizable penis. <laughs> and so I'm like petrified. Oh right. God. I can't suck a dick. I don't <laughs> like I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what's going on. Yes. So I kind of found a person on the Tinder webs. Um and who was willing to have just basically no strings attached um, stacks. Mm-hmm. And I figured this is perfect because I'm not like in love. Like it's not going to be like yeah. weird. Like I really like them. Now I'm nervous. That's just boom, bam. Right. Okay. And um, he is what I then quickly come to find out. He was carrying a sledgehammer in his pants. And my what? nickname for him became... <laughs> murder dick. <laughs> I mean, when I tell you that my uterus was throbbing for like oh, two days afterwards, same. Same. it wasn't wholly unpleasant to recall, but whoa, <laughs> All I'm going to say is it was again, thank you universe, because anything that came after that was easy, cake. easy. <laughs> <laughs> A lot came after that. <laughs> None of it was like that. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. That's awesome. So like, You get in that sexual experience where you, is that basically what that was? It's exploring your sexuality with him and seeing. Uh, Honestly, it was really just an icebreaker. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. And I think subsequent to that, I've certainly had lots of socks with lots (laughs) of different people more than probably is average. One should, but whatever. But I mean, I've got some years to make up for. I feel, you know, I feel like that. I'm right behind you, girl. I mean, I've got a very low body count for my age, so it doesn't matter if most of them are in the past nine months. Like <laughs> none of your business. Who's right? know? Like nobody, nobody. So, um, it's been cool to be with different people and have different experiences and discover, like. I really like that, or I really enjoy this. Or yeah. again, it's only been nine months, but I have a very firm understanding of I like this. I'm not really a fan of that. Whereas before, I'm like, uh-uh. yeah. So, yeah, whatever. do am not guess, get to Yeah, and I'm, yeah. And certainly, I haven't tried everything, right? But I've tried enough things to be like, oh, yeah. I took a a look in that room and I don't think that's for me or, or vice versa. So I, it has been so amazing. Awesome. amazing. I mean, for the most part, it's all been incredible sex. I can only think of two times where I was like less than enthused, not disappointed, but less than enthused. Right. Yeah. I mean, it can't be perfect all the time. No, no, it can't be. But part of that too is I think that I feel more confident. I am definitely more confident. I mean, I think I feel so good about myself. And yes, I've lost weight, but I do have like loose skin. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm a supermodel. But I think the thing is, is I just feel so good inside that. and out. Like it, it's, I just feel good. It's not even about, sure, I, I think I look pretty when I look in the mirror, but I always dress. It's, it's not, I'm not a different person. I think it's truly that I just feel so happy. I just feel so good that you that. can't get me that. <laughs> you don't like this fupa. <laughs> Bye. Like it, yeah. it, not one person, men don't care. Yeah. They do not care. They don't care. I love it. They know what to look like when they get there. Right. And they engage because they were like, yeah, I think I will. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not concerned. But I think I don't know. I definitely um I don't know. I guess you just get to a point where you're happy and you just it just nothing, none of that matters. Anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't matter anymore. I love that. And I love it. I mean you really are just you know, shiny, bright. Mm-hmm. I can tell that you're super in love with yourself, like that you really are in a good space and that you are just like excited about what's happening. What kind of stuff do you do to kind of like love on yourself, keep that mentality of, of self-care and, and making sure that you're still like taking care of yourself after such a, a long journey of, of not um, I think that I was always really good at self-soothing, mm. which I, you know, I recently, within the past year or so, was introduced to the concept of self-soothing being different than self-care, mm-hmm. right? You know, like self-soothing is after you already feel bad or when you need to feel better, mm-hmm. whereas self-care is kind of like, you know, pre-work. Yeah, you're maintaining right, that right. love for yourself, yeah. So I've always been good at self-soothing, and I still think it's really important part of self-care. Definitely. Right. Because you Mm -hmm. do need to be good at making yourself feel better. But I think, um, you know, it was the easy self-soother. And I don't think I even realized I was doing it is eating, Mm -hmm. but it was because it was something I could do. I couldn't leave the house. I couldn't, I wasn't really allowed or capable of doing anything but that. Yeah. So it was something that I relied on. So I think that now for self-soothing, yes, I still get Starbucks. Yes, I do go shopping. But um it's less about like getting cookies mm-hmm. or eating cookies while I watch TV or something. It's more about like I'm gonna take a bath and I'm gonna have a bubble bath and I'm gonna get myself a facial. Yeah. And I wear fancy pajamas to bed every single night. Nice. I love that. It sounds silly, but it that's a soothing thing and the self-maintenance thing. oh totally because i yeah. just feel so good pretty. Yeah. i feel good i feel like oh mm. you know i go to the bathroom night and i'm like still got a bitch and go yes to bed. you yes. know like you just it Yeah. Pokes. and natasha looks hot i showed up just like <laughs> my my weekend workout clothes. So Natasha's like looking fabulous. Listen, so. you are gonna talk about sex. I love it. So I felt like I yeah. want to make sex. You look good. You feel good. I say Thank that you. all the time. I love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't I think that's always been a thing for me, but I think the other part of it is doing the journaling. Right. Yes. Like I get super busy because I I feel like I've missed out on so much of life. So, I spend so much time doing a million things. I mean, my friends and even my family joke like, you never sleep. You never sleep. I'm just (laughs) saying. Like, how do you even? I mean, you know, I don't understand it. Like, how are you going, going, going? And it's just because you, I just feel like I couldn't do. Anything and now mm-hmm. it's like I want to do all of everything. I want to go all, all the things. museums, yeah. all the shows, all the concerts, all the mountains, all mm-hmm. the friends, all the clubs. I want to yes. do all the things, you know. Love and you, you—that's an important part of it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes doing that, I forget to like keep on top of journaling or mm-hmm. reading a book, and just kind of. Not beating myself up about it, and just refocusing on like, okay, I'm gonna start again today. Yeah, you know, and not because that was a big part. Like the negative self talk was a huge, huge. huge are you thing telling, for me? Yeah, I'm um, definitely going through that too. But yeah, I don't think that's uncommon. So. No, no, no. I mean, I think anybody who's anybody has done it. I, I mean, it
1: even without realizing
0: it. I, I didn't oh, realize you. it till like someone asked me like well you know do you self-sabotage I didn't even know what self-sabotage was I was like what is that and it wasn't something that you always do out loud like in your head alone like I was always like out loud I'm perfect but in my head I was like oh my god I'm so you ugly t- to myself oh you are right yeah. so it, I mean I'm, if it helps anybody in the world I mean literally the thing that made me stop was waking up from a coma I don't recommend it <laughs> 11 out of 10. Do <laughs> don't do it. I mean, it wasn't even restful. I tell you everybody's like, you must be so rested. No, it's the most unrestful thing. Wow. But, um, but it definitely changed your outlook. It did, but it was because I had been saying a lot of these things to myself since I was a kid. Mm. Yeah. You know, and then all of it took was the circumstance to be difficult and me to be on this different medication for me to like go in a room and swallow 90 pills. Well, that's all it took. Right. Mm -hmm. And I realized when I came home, like I said a couple of times, like, why, you know, why would, why would, you know, this be like this and why, why am I like this? And I realized that thinking is what put me in the coma, you know, Mm -hmm. and waking up, especially when you have kids. Like I was, I lied. I said it was an accident Mm -hmm. because I felt so ashamed that I would hurt people that I loved Mm. you know I wasn't worried about me yeah it was oh my god I hurt all these people by what I did to myself always thinking about everyone else but yourself yeah um and it made but it did motivate me to be like you can't do this anymore you cannot you cannot and then when I started to do it what I would do is I would go in the bathroom and I would look in the mirror And I would just tell myself like, shut up. It's a lie. This is all lies. It's not true. The kids need you. Like, it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'd have to look myself. I had to look myself and it's the only thing that worked. It's the only thing that worked. So please, if you're struggling with that, don't feel like you're alone because I mean, it's, when I really reflect on it, I have been talking to myself like that since I was probably about eight, if I can mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. Some of those very same things that caused me to ultimately try and take my life, right? Mm-hmm. It just escalates to this point if you don't check it. Yeah. You're very inspirational. Like just to know that, like, you have enough guts and courage to say that to yourself to want to fight for yourself. I think it's huge. And then I'll take a lot of people have that courage or know where to find it, but just knowing that you woke up wanting to change that and be taking action. Cause a lot of time when you're going through that depression or when you're suicidal, you don't even have the energy to, to want to fight for yourself or to put yourself in a good space mentally. So I think it's very powerful, very powerful to, to see someone go through it and come out the other side so thank you for sharing that you know I it's because I think like you just said it happens in your head so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we forget how much our voice is like so powerful to ourselves too you know Mm. it's beautiful well thank you so much for sharing your story and for sharing just everything that you've done so far um to get where you are I'm very very honored that you were willing to come on here and share that because I know it's not always easy to talk about the hard times that we go through especially when we're finding love you know what the thing is like it's I think what's harder is that what of that do you talk about with people and like yeah right because you don't give them a handbook on how to mistreat you or like yeah You know, you hear all this dating advice about, like, don't tell people that you were treated badly before because then they always do the bare minimum. And, you know, it's Mm. like, it's very difficult to try and figure out, like, how to have healthier conversations with people about what you've experienced, Mm. um, about it sounding like, I mean... Let's be honest, this is pretty heavy. Yes. I heavy. think for me yeah. it seems super normal, but when mm-hmm. I talk to people like even looking at your face, <laughs> I realize how much it's not normal. I mean, I yeah. know mentally it's not yeah, normal. But it right. feels like my normal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's a lot for people and to think about. It's definitely something that I think we all need though, you know, because it that's the whole reason I have this podcast because I want everybody's voice to be heard, because every experience, you're going to learn something from someone, right, and you're, you're going to know that you're not alone, you're going to find out that at the end of the day, you know, that's all we want is love, right. and whatever it takes to get it, or how we, what we've done to, to have it, it's still part of our journey, it's, mm. and, and I think it's definitely something people should talk about more, because had we talked about this at when we were younger maybe we could have you know not experienced what we had right not that it not to lessen what it's actually done in our lives Mm -hmm. but it's definitely important because dating is so different than it was back Mm -hmm. when you and I were you know in our 20s and 30s so thank you for sharing that of course let's pivot to a little game I like to pop quickie if you have a few more minutes we'll play it and just yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, it's exciting. I of course it. Of course. All right. So this is a this or that. And no Okay. You haven't heard the show before. I have a hard time making decisions because I'm a Libra. <laughs> so let's see how this goes. All right. Good luck, girl. Fun day or an expensive gift? fun uh, date. Do you prefer that your partner read your mind or give you a compliment every day? give me a compliment every day. Right. Sex indoors or sex outdoors? Both. Thank you. (laughs) Beach or mountains? Both. Thank you. Okay. Fetish or fantasy? Uh, Both. Thank you. (laughs) What's your fetish? Do you have a fetish? I found out that I do. I have like a, I don't know if it's a fetish, but it's like a praise kink. Okay. Like so, what is it's, that? so it's like somebody telling you that you're beautiful in, in the midst of things. Right. Mm-hmm. Or also like kind of encouraging you. Okay. Like, Oh, you look so good when you do that. Or I know you can uh, do yes. that faster. Show uh, me how you like somebody kind of coaching. Okay. You. I have no idea. No clue. No. no, it's sexy. I like it. I love it. Okay. Netflix and chill. Or are you tickets to a concert girl? Mm, I You need both. Balance. You need (laughs) 50-50. You just do. You really can't make decisions. I like everything. It's not that I can't (laughs) decide, but I want (laughs) all the things. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I want the world. Watch porn or make a sex tape? Ooh. Okay. So I find porn to be hilarious. (laughs) right I, it's not to me like i don't get the "ooh, let's sex get sexy yeah. vibe from porn i don't either and the men are always so gross or yeah. is that just me no like, so like all right so this is what i've learned okay i've been dating younger men which we Tell do me. not hit on oh shit. is that homemade porn is like the thing what yeah like fake porn is not what anybody likes they all like homemade porn now oh so like they'll go on porn hunt and watch like the real stuff yeah so wow. that's like the thing, but it makes sense because it's realistic, right? Mm-hmm. But still in all, I just kind of feel like I'm watching something that I'm not supposed to see which you like, or you're like, oh shit, they're doing that. <laughs> but it's just because I'm nosy. Not because yeah. I really am like, you yeah. know, that seems to me. It's just, but then also I don't think I'm a sex tape girl either. So, I mean, can I say neither? I mean, I suppose I'll say the porn because it's funny. <laughs> so, well. I love it nothing wrong with that um smart partner or funny partner absolutely both okay no negotiation no negotiation guys watch erotica or read erotica mm. i'm gonna say read because you can it's like can be about you in your mind so. there you go morning sex or right before bed sex? every sex thank every you. Sex, all thank you. sex all the sex all the positions <laughs> are you top or bottom both have someone watch you have sex or have someone hear you have sex? I'm going to stay here because I'm thoroughly convinced that all of my neighbors are on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and I care very little. Rich you're famous? Oh, absolutely rich. I wouldn't want to be followed around. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. That's our quickie. Yay. Well, thanks for playing and coming on and just sharing your story. I really appreciate you. You just like really gave a lot of, um, It was a very powerful conversation and I'm glad we had it because there's a lot that you don't ever think about when you're going into a relationship. I know I've never had that sort of experience, but I can't imagine like having to think that that's like a normal situation and the way you brought it to the table and the conversations that you were willing to open up to us, it really means a lot. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate the space. Yay. Well, come back and tune in next week. It's our students finale and we cannot wait to share more stories. It's going to be a good time. So thank you.